0: I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung... Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bundoora. And tell them George sent you. LMCT6595. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach.
1: Is driving. Yes. What a hit from Molinares! Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. one Hello and welcome to another edition here of Radio Dub on FNR. Brought to you by Northern uh, Motor Group, our proud sponsors, and uh, in the financial year, head down there. Get a new vehicle, Oscar. are You looking for a new vehicle, my
0: friend? That hurts, Pekura. That that, <laughs> that that really does. Just no. throwing me under the bus right away. Look, no, I'm not. Uh, but you know, it's the end of financial year. It's it's all the sales are happening, Pekura. I, ne- I need to go to the shops, and I need you to- do.
1: You do need to go to the shops, Oscar. And wow, already, that hurts. No, you are const- You are constantly in search of a new car. That is. After that traumatic incident that happened to you, let's
0: let's let's move on, because <laughs> I wasn't even talking about a car. But sure, go on. No, of course. I need to go yeah. buy more Godiva chocolate is what I need. But yes. yeah, anyway, yeah. Madison Haley,
1: uh, proud sponsor. Is she sponsored by them? She should be.
0: <laughs> the Proud sponsor you went for. Is she the sponsor of the show, or is she sponsored by oh, Godiva? I,
1: I would love her to sponsor the show. I feel like we would we would
0: do exceptionally well. She's left well. Sydney now, which is really sad. That's right.
1: We to get an international audience with true. Madison Haley.
0: Yeah, so true. Madison Haley takes Radio Dub to the states. Exactly. Exactly. I look forward to it.
1: Yeah, she'd be in the Hall of Fame for that, absolutely. But uh, on Radio Dub D- this week, well, as we have discovered over the last couple of shows, we are going to be talking about the NPR Victoria. Round 12 did just happen over the weekend. We both commentated. And uh, there were some really exciting games that happened. We'll start in chronological order. And, Let's. And uh, that was your game. And you had Preston Lions taking on Alamein down at uh, BT Connor. Yes. How was that game?
0: It was a weird game. It was a weird game because, well, it, Preston started off quite poorly and Alamein kind of made them paid. The, the first goal of the game was this wonderful long-range goal from Patricia Sharalambos, And then Preston gradually worked their way back into the game as, as time wore on. It was Caitlin Torpy's debut, I should mention, uh, and as members of the Torpedo fan club. Absolutely. That was very exciting. Although, she she started off okay, Caitlin Torpy, but she was pretty well held by Ashley Laferve, who did a really good job on the the wing. Uh, A really good player, actually,
1: in the competition. She's having a really good season,
0: isn't she, Ash Laferve? And and she not only kept Caitlin Torpy quiet, but looked pretty good going the other way as well. Uh, And then Preston, once they kind of scored, once Miri Nishimura got their goal, you kind of felt like the tide was turning and that they were getting on top. Uh, And and they did get on top twice after that, but both times they were pegged back by, by Alamein. For Alamein, Sydney Allen is, of course, always orchestrating everything that they do, and she was really excellent again. Whilst for Preston, Mirina Schumer was always there and always doing good things, and so so yeah, it was it was it was a really entertaining spectacle, which of course ended with the last kick of the game, really, where Alamein scored from a corner, which was which was scenes.
1: I think if you haven't seen that game back, or you just have, maybe just look at the last goal, it was. I had to watch it back a few times because mm. I didn't understand what had happened. And yeah. I didn't understand how Preston had found themselves in that situation based on just the, the way you, when you watch the game, it felt for a lot, large portions that Preston were the, the dominant side in there. I mean, obviously, got some really great players. I thought, oh, Preston, they've got it. But something I really noticed during the game is that that, con, that connection between Torpi, uh, Cheka, uh, Masantonio, yeah. they all just kind of play in between. And and I, I think for Preston to take the next step in this competition, we are going to obviously, you know, that is a formidable three to have in your squad, but we are going to need to see the inclusion of some of their other players a little bit more have a highlight, a more... Dominant role in the game to relieve some of the pressure and just to mix up the variance of when they're going forward about you know what the opposing sides are going to have to look for defensively because it does seem to always come down one particular side or mm. uh, just favours maybe where Torpy is and you know we love to see Caitlin Torpy run but I don't know if that's conducive to winning the no- amount of MPL Victoria games you need to to make the finals and to be a threat there as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. It did at times feel like the Dan Von strategy was kind of give it to Caitlin Torpy and watch her do something good, just charge at the Alamein defense, which was which wasn't particularly successful. We should also mention that Delaney Lindahl also scored an excellent goal, which is a, which is just another win for the Radio Dub brand. I don't know what to say. It just happens time and time again. Uh and, and she she had she was another player who probably got better as the game were on it was it was a bit weird seeing Preston without all three Fanua sisters featuring in the game. Lisa Fanua was on the bench, uh, which was which was which took some adjusting to get used to uh, with with Liv Edwards there at the back and and yeah, it was in the end Preston were probably unfortunate not to get the win. Although I also don't think that they played as well as they could. Uh, and, and Alamein are very good at taking their chances, into, and they're like a, they're, They've been a barometer team in the MPLW for a long time. Alamein, yeah. they're, they're that level of. Yes, you can beat them if you're the best team in the comp, but if you're not on your game, they will they will stop you from winning time and time again, and that's what they did.
1: No, certainly, yeah. and I I think the Preston when I watched them, it feels almost like. They had, they had such a bright start to the season and, mm-hmm. and I thought that once they got in the inclusion of all these A-League women's players, maybe they would continue that, that that step forward. But it almost seems like they've taken just a half step back and they just kind of need to regroup and reevaluate yeah. and just reassess where they are as a squad and how they actually want to play and what's going to get them the best brand of football to win as many games as possible. So I, I think they're maybe in just this little murky area of not really knowing who they are and with this we're obviously in the second half of portion of the season now they don't have as much time as they typically would have had in the Mm -hmm. past to to figure everything out and to get themselves where they ultimately see themselves because I this is a very competitive season as we've said multiple times on the show it's just kind of figuring out who is the cut above that's actually going to make it into the finals.
0: You mentioned that combination of Master Antonio, Torpey, Checker, and, and I think you're you're right to point out that they were passing amongst each other a lot, which is of course largely down to field positioning. But it also reflected it almost felt like there were kind of two teams within the Preston team at times on the night. It didn't feel like a fully cohesive integrated unit and, and that's the challenge for Dan Fodden if he wants his team to be firing on all cylinders.
1: No, absolutely. And, uh, but, but I, you know, I think Preston and Alamein, they're, maybe they're stuck in that, they might be in that middle portion, mm-hmm. where if you face them on the ro- the wrong day for you, your side, you might be, end up in a, a pretty bad loss. So, but I think every game that they're in is a highly competitive game of football, and it's never, you never walk into it going, oh, they're going to lose or they're going to win. And I think that's something I like about them, as, as well as Alamein, who've got some, some special players that I just don't think they've maybe clicked uh, as well as, I saw them at times last year, but that you know, it might just be a case of the part of the season that we are in yeah. now and, and these other sides have got considerably better in terms of the plays they've able been able to recruit. So, you know, we'll see how that
0: goes. It's a really great season, isn't it? Because because they are that neither of the nor Preston are in the top four, but they're very much in that mix of the, the top nine teams really who are we're separated by just nine points, so all nine of those teams you can foresee making a run towards the top four.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, with that we'll head into the next game on the from the weekend, and that was my game. I I called Colder taking on Box Hill, and uh, I just want to say this off the top: <laughs> Sophia Carlos. Mm. I don't know if she's the best. I don't know how you rank if they're the best player in the competition. Obviously, she's the gold medal winner last year. But watching her play football, it's kind of just beautiful to watch. Because she was quiet in the first half with with Box Hill and they they definitely scored against the run of play and got themselves up at 1-0. But in the second half when she was moved into a more central role, wow, just her passing and her – for a player so small in stature, it's incredibly difficult to get the ball off her and she makes such smart decisions with her passing And I think she's improved so much throughout her time in the competition, also going to play for Perth Glory. And we saw her at times have glimpses of being that play that we all know and love here in Victoria. But she's just so good. Her her connection with Mindy Barbieri is – I don't know if they're the best midfield combination we have in the league or they're the most consistent. But since their inclusion and arrival back at Box Hill this year – They've been a team that have turned it around yeah. like so incredibly because if you watch them at the start of the year, Box Hill were a hard watch. They were not easy to root for in terms of their playing style. But with Barbieri uh, and Sakalis, wow, they are an incredible side and they've even you know, got the likes of Rosie Curtis playing for them as well, who I think is a big inclusion. I think that she's a player that has lots to more to add in her game. But I think overall... Hill were comfortable were probably the, the deserved winners of the game ultimately. I think colder in the first twenty minutes of the opening half were by far and away the best side and they probably should have capitalised on their moments, but they look it looks like they're missing something going forward and maybe with Alana Stone coming back this week, uh, it will open things up a little bit more in there in the midfield and allow things to just create a little bit more organically.
0: We we were speaking during the week, weren't we, about just how smart of a footballer Sophia Cicalis is and how often you see it happen where she uses her body or, or her movement so much better than just about anyone on the pitch to get in a really good position or to just create space for someone else. And it is so much fun to write. And you're totally right to say that having Sophia Cicalis and Mindy Barbieri consistently playing has transformed this box hill team. I mean, since the bye, they've won three straight games. They've considered one goal in that time, scored eight and beaten Alamein, Preston and Calder. So that's not they're, they're not the teams that are right at the top of the MPLW, but those are some good quality teams around the middle of the MPLW so far this season that Box Hill have beaten consistently and looked better than. Are they the real deal, Pukua? Uh, Box Hill? A Box Hill real?
1: I, I'm going to say this. I did a lot of Box Hill games last year, hmm. uh, you know, learning the reps of commentary, and uh, I enjoyed their midfield last year. And I think that watching them this year, I think they've made a tremendous, incredible step. And I think on any day they could beat absolutely anyone in the competition. Like, and they're so persistent. And their defence is, uh, I believe, Pickett in their, the centre of their defence, who had a great pass to Yusevsky to set up, uh, I believe it was their third goal in the game. She, they're really good at absorbing pressure, and Calder was certainly coming at them with a lot of pressure in the early stage, But they held on, and then that springboard going forward. They're such a dangerous team. So, for me, they are they are the real deal. They are. The, I I can't look at any teams above them on the on the ladder and go, yeah, you're this much so much better than Box Hill. Like, okay. I, I would I would could take them for a couple of games.
0: And what about Calder? Were you su- were you surprised with what you saw from them?
1: Uh. Well, Mark Torcastle was was coaching them this mm. uh, weekend, and I, I thought that they had sparked. They had found a little bit of something with Julia Sato playing down at, in the right back position. That she was coming inside a, a lot more. I I think that Calder defensively, even though they haven't had held a clean sheet, you can still see the remnants of of that that structure that they have as a as a as a club. But going forward, they. They're missing something that they had last year and maybe it's that midfield depth or I think the Raquel Gerrard, you know, she has moments in the game, but sometimes she's a little bit isolated and it feels a bit like, oh, what's what's going on here for, for Colder? But they're a side for me that can get better, but I don't know if they've got that X factor that will take them into finals, but Alana Cern is still to come back.
0: Alana Cern... I think, will be transformative wherever she plays. I mean, the fact that she can play in so many positions, she's just so good. It, it was so fun to watch her in the A-League this season, just how seamlessly she adapted to that heightened level. She didn't look like a player who hadn't played there before and, and she's she's shown her qualities. And I, and I was kind of surprised that she's back at Calder and hasn't taken another step forward. Although, as we've you have pointed out to me before, she is still very young and at the beginning of her career, so perhaps it is wise to, to take it slow and gradually build up. But for Kolda, they're still, along with Southern United, the only team yet to keep a clean sheet this season.
1: They they are, and I, I thought that maybe also Kiwa Hiata mm. didn't have her best game. I, I thought there were, there were stages throughout the game where if she had just got a better touch or if she her pass had been a little bit more crisp, just because a lot of the uh, you know that final decision-making in the final third always starts with her. And she always, you know, will create that, that pass that a runner will get onto or or she'll take the shot herself. I just think she didn't have her best game. Not to say that the, that whole loss is on her, but it was just noticeable the drop-off in their attacking threat when Kiwa just wasn't at her best.
0: Got Alamein next week colder, so it doesn't get a lot easier.
1: No, it doesn't get a lot easier. pretty get, tough. It doesn't get easier for, for both sides, uh, you know, next week, but all this coming weekend, so... We'll see how that, all, you know, is all to play out. Now, Oscar, we've got a couple games to look at, and one game that you were excited to talk about. Oh yeah, was uh, top of the table, Boranara Eagles uh, taking on uh, FC Bullen Lions on Saturday. Finished Boranara two, Bullen Lions three. Tell me your thoughts of the game and what made you so excited about if it.
0: If you haven't seen this game, do yourself a favor and check it out. At least the first half, it was pure. Unadulterated chaos. It was unbelievable. It wasn't, you know, pure football, clever builds up, seamless, nice passing moves. It was get the ball up the field, someone get onto it, cross it into the box, and get away a shot. And both te- when both teams do that, it's it's glorious, glorious chaos because defending kind of goes out the window. Oh, absolutely, a- a- and. Baleen probably could have had like three or four goals in the first five minutes. By half time, it could have been maybe four or all with the kinds of chances that were being created. But then also the goals themselves were so good; they were such high quality goals. I mean, Becky Lim's goal to start it
1: off—friend of the show, but who hasn't been on the show?
0: Future, yes, of the pod, Becky yes. Lim. We'll work it out. Unbelievable run when when Balleen had been all over. And Dara to start it off. It
1: got the- created out of absolutely nothing. You can make a note that bullying there should have been some better defending there, but you can't take anything away from that run that Becky had off the the right hand side. That's just awesome. and then she just cut inside and just made it. And every time you thought she was going to like get like fouled or something was going to happen, she just found her way uh, past the next defender. It was it was a nice play, and she's up there in the assist total at oh, the yeah. moment as well. But obviously that side was scoring a lot of goals for fun, so.
0: But we, 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 sp- we spoke about the the A-League quadrant at Preston, whereas Baleen at this point are pretty much just an A-League team. Yes. I mean, they had TJ no, Vlanic as like. well. Well, that, that, what, I mean, you've got Vlanic, you've got Markovsky, you've got Janczewski, you've got Zoys, you've got... Uh, BD Goad, obviously, yes. it's Tiff Eliadis. Gabby Garton. It's just nonstop yes. It's just nonstop And it's kind of, I'm always at the point where I feel like it would be harder for Baleen to fail than to succeed. And we kind of saw part of that in this game, which is when it's pure chaos and just like do something with it, Baleen will win that situation because they've just got players who can do incredible things. I mean, you look at how they got back into it. It came from BD Goad shooting from a ridiculously long way out. And then Maya Markovsky, who we, we've spoken a bit about, and we, we've had our doubts about whether she could adjust, but she played a really good game on the weekend. That pass she,
1: for the second goal was, was a really nice good
0: pass. Yeah, the two, the two assists as well. The first goal for Yanchevsky, she assisted that as well, which was really clever the way she, you know, it, w- it would be so easy to just fire a shot away from that position, but to have the vision and the awareness and then the composure to pull off the assist
1: I think that's the the next step for Maya Markowski. Obviously, she's not going to be with Melbourne Victory next season, which will be the first in her career if she's to play for another A-League women's side. I think that something in her game that I think lacks and maybe separates her from being a good A-League player and, and being a great one is just her ability to hold up the ball and then the, the follow-up pass after that. I think that's something that we haven't seen her develop throughout her game at a more consistent pace. And I think if we are to see that... She offers way more versatility for a lot more teams as opposed to being a, a taller forward who, you know, you, you rely on the height and, and, you know, just her finishing. I think if she's able to add that, that passing game to her game, yeah. it makes her a very dangerous player. And it makes the way teams face against, you know, Bulleen or whoever the A-League women's side that she plays for, it makes it a much harder task to plan for.
0: It's always been like this skill execution thing. The ideas have been there, the, the presence has been there, but the actual ability to execute, and she did that on the weekend. And I do want to correct myself. I meant the first assist for TJ Vlanich's yeah. goal. But the second assist for Alani Anchevsky was even better. It
1: was fantastic. It was
0: just, like the vision, the, the, the finesse. She's
1: almost cut the across her body. It was a really... It, Great game.
0: And then Alani Anchevsky goes on this stupidly good run where she puts a couple of opponents to the ground and then finishes it off. It was it was just incredible. It was two two by half time and then Jeff Eliade scored a bit after half time to make it three two, which is which is how it ended. The game kind of ran out of puff a little bit as <laughs> as, as it went to the end. Understandably so. But I, it was pure chaos. It was I, so much I, fun. I know
1: that we, you know, we spoke a little bit about so- Sofia Scarless and Mini Barbieri and how good they've been for Box Hill, but it's maybe a little bit harder to see because Boleen have been so up and down as opposed to Box Hill, have been, you know, I don't know if they've won every game since those two have come in, but they've certainly been heard their performance as Box Hill have been a lot more consistent and they've been a little bit more watchable at times. Mm. When you're talking about Bulleen, I find it hard not to say that Alana Yancheski has been the best player from the A-League women's who's come back because every time she's on for Bulleen, it's incredible, like her ability to just to create for herself and even get her teammates involved, her long range, her threat being such a threat from long range as well. And she's such a physical player, but with a really good touch as well. I She's been f- tremendous to watch since she's come back into the competition.
0: Well, there's six games unbeaten now, Baleen, in the league. They're also, I believe, in, in the couple Cup quarterfinals. Yeah, Cup quarterfinals against Box Hill. There, there, there have been a couple of draws. They won their last... Couple so of those six, they've won four of them and a couple of draws. So so they're going pretty well. Big game against Heidelberg this weekend, which will be which will be really challenging. And then south a couple of weeks later. Yeah,
1: yeah I think we we touched on it last week about the when you touched on a little bit about how Berlin is such a stacked team that them failing it just to me doesn't feel like it, it should be an option for them. Mm. And I know that's a lot of pressure to put on one team, but. If you look at their squad compared to what some other squads in this competition, even though they've got A-League women's players in there, that Balleen squad has been together for a, a decent period of time. They're playing again, essentially together all year round. Caitlin Friend is from Melbourne Victory. I just kind of expect them to do a little bit better in their game style and maybe having you know, the A-League women's season go longer and the players coming in later has made it a little bit trickier to find a more consistent playing style. But I think that's the next step for bullying, to play more consistent football and have games be dictated at their own pace and at their, their own intensity. I think sometimes during the games we're seeing other teams dominate them and just kind of take control mm. of them, which I, I just feel like rationally in my head I don't understand how that happens with the plays they have in every single section of the field.
0: For Burundara though? It's another loss. I say another loss. It's just their third of the season. Their games continue to produce chaos. They're they're the epitome of a chaos team. I mean, they're averaging just under three goals a game scored and just over two goals a game conceded, which is which is a ridiculous stat. I mean, they've scored the thirty-two goals. Second highest is Heidelberg with twenty-five, but they've also and half. Conceded, them I
1: swear have been by. Uh- Corio who's been...
0: just—he's who got again yeah, on the he just weekend. just
1: continues to be so dangerous up front.
0: But they've also conceded the third most goals. So only FV Emerging and Southern United, the bottom two teams, have conceded more. That's a consequence of how Burundara play. Yes, are uh, And it's a limitation. Open. They're very but open. But it's also so much fun. I mean, if we're looking, their last few results, 2-3, 3-4, 3-2, 5-4, like it's look at look at all the goals. If you want to see goals, Watch check Burundara. out check out Burundara. Yeah,
1: it, it's a case of until Burundara stops showing that they can't like stop showing their ability to score, they're going to be really difficult to 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 beat because they will find a way, some way, somehow, just to get the ball in the back of the net. They will create something. They've got players who who are willing to be on the front foot. They're not going to sit back and allow them. To, the the play to be dictated to them. They will dictate the game themselves. Mm. And and I think that's something that I've enjoyed about Burundi. I don't know if they can maintain it for the entirety of the season, but either way, you know, they've been fun to watch.
0: I'm very lucky because I'll be calling Burundi this weekend when they play Bayside at Kingston Heath. Bayside who got a win themselves on the weekend against Southern United. I don't know. Is that... Like the, the South East derby? Is that a, is that a thing? that. Enough, enough. Is that a thing? when are not we're letting that go. Bayside 3-2 against against uh, Southern United, as I say. They, they've had a shockingly good season, really.
1: Wait, I'm just telling you guys. Bayside, get in and just watch them. They are so much fun. Like, objectively, just a fun side to watch. They may not win, but they will have chances that you'll be like, damn, how did they not score that?
0: Well, then... Bayside Burundara is is destined oh, to be the greatest oh, game that's ever happened. Yeah, but I Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's going to be. I reckon there might be ten goals in that game.
0: Bayside, are, they're they're in fifth place. They're two points outside the top four. They're three points they're off above second. They're both
1: Box Hill and Colder It's crazy. Yep.
0: It's crazy. They're ahead of Preston Alame. They're ahead of Al- Like it's just it's an incredible thing. That this is what they've happens done this when, season. You,
1: when you when know when the league expands. It gives them more flexibility, but they've also recruited really well, and I, I think that's it's you know it's something that we've noted. Previously, here on the pod, about how well Bayside have recruited and how just a complicated side to face. Like, they have threats on each side. They are an incredibly quick team. They are not slow uh, and they're pretty alert. Like, they make some silly mistakes, and I think that's a consequence of just maybe a a talent discrepancy. But overall, uh, they are one of the most entertaining teams to watch in the competition. And Kayla Diva, uh, what a fun player. She just keeps going. Her motor is on 100, hundred twenty four seven. I don't know if she gets mm. tired. It's it's a pleasure to watch.
0: Yeah, and was scored again on the weekend. They they probably should have won by more. They were three 0 up at half time against Southern and conceded a couple of late goals just to make it a bit nervy at the end. But nonetheless, three points. So big game for them against Burundara. We've got one game left for Kua that yes, we haven't yet spoken let's, about. Uh,
1: quickly, derby, big Greek derby.
0: What a way to finish!
1: Absolutely, Heidelberg. 2-0 victors over Southern, uh, Southern South, South Melbourne. That is, yes. Uh, South Melbourne. Uh, we did have Danielle Wise on last week, and she spoke a little bit about that. Uh, so take me through it, Oscar. What were your thoughts, quick thoughts on that game?
0: I thought South were a bit unlucky in the first half in particular, uh, although I also don't think they played particularly well. I gave them the big rev up last week. I, was, I really liked what I saw against Wurundara, and I saw glimpses of that really <laughs> good sustained. stuff. I, I, have, I haven't abandoned hope on South Melbourne. I still really like what they're trying to do a lot of the time and I think that they will go far in this season based on what I've seen. Uh they're
1: third on the table at the moment or second?
0: Third or second, one of the two, well, but, but they – They're second at the moment. They're second, yes. Yeah, so Equal
1: that, amount of points with Bulleen, which I know we keep hmm. – uh, Bulleen being third, every time I see that, I'm surprised.
0: It's – Yeah. Well, Can you ask, each of the top two lost this season and they've maintained their position, so it's just made it even tighter. Yep. Uh, but on this occasion, it was it was Heidelberg's night. I mean, the first goal was a bit of individual... It, it's really fun for anyone who hasn't seen it. Catherine Vlahopoulos kind of does these... I don't know how she kept possession of the ball. She's so clever the way she uses her body in the space to kind of skip past a couple of opponents and got it through to Nicole Blackett who also... I mean, it was an it was incredible finish from range. She kind of did the Front foot toe poke kind of style goal. I like
1: your technical description. I do Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I
0: don't I'm, I'm, I'm out of words to describe that one. No, but it, it was a really nice goal, uh, which which came from a transition moment, and that's what Heidelberg have been very good at. And then the second goal was just a goalkeeping error, uh, Zarebord slipping through the fingers. Really, unfortunately, for from a South Melbourne perspective. So, so Heidelberg did what they had to do. They made it difficult for South Melbourne. And they took a chance when it came their way and then also got a bit fortunate with the goalkeeping error. So Heidelberg, it's a, it's a, it's a good win for them. They're a really solid team and, and we'll see them go deep in the season as well. I have high hopes for South Melbourne nonetheless this season. No,
1: I, I see it. I've seen glimpses um, of what you're speaking on. And uh, obviously to our the number one co-host, Miranda Templeman, who did get injured mm. uh, during the game, yes. we are all hoping here in the Radio Dub Studios, that's how you do get better um, soon. And obviously she can come back yes. to discuss the NPL better than we can discuss it ever.
0: Provide a new perspective. New perspective, new exactly. Perspective. We always love the players' Rated perspective. South Melbourne acquisition, Miranda Templeman, yes. what, what can you tell us? Yes, no, certainly hope that wasn't anything too serious. But no, that was – it was it was an interesting game. It was an interesting game. Yeah.
1: No, and uh, no, I, I see what you mean about South Melbourne. I think they are certainly ones to watch. But I think ultimately leaving round 12 of NPL uh, Victoria action – we know that this league is going to come down to the last few rounds and mm. it's not going to be easy for anyone and there's less to separate the good and the and the the, the okay and the, the great that there's a very small margin and any uh, anything can uh, can certainly win. are you commentating this week and I'm not yes what game are you commentating if you
0: are listening to it, yeah no, it that's all right no so I think I think quietly it is game at the round Bayside burundara I'm so excited to see those two teams play. Uh, I I I know that's in a round when Baleen are playing Heidelberg, so if it's not Bayside Burundara, then it would have to be Baleen Heidelberg. But I I think both of those games are going to be lots and lots of fun Uh, and and particularly at Kingston Heath we should see several goals.
1: Absolutely. I will not be commentating this weekend, taking the weekend off, but I will be watching and I'm looking forward to that Bayside Burundara game that you'll be calling, Oscar. Uh, I won't have it on mute. I'll listen for... Oh,
0: early. thank you. I appreciate that. That's that's the kindest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Uh, but I'm also looking forward to that Alamein-Coldy game because I, I, I want to see if goals will be produced out mm. of that game. And I, I want to see if Sydney Allen can reach the heights that we saw her last year. I think she's been a little bit quieter to start, you know, in this period of the season. But, you know, I'm still a massive fan of uh, her going forward and she's always a threat with Alamein as
0: well. And of course, at this point, we've just said every game, but then also two teams that we've clearly spoken highly of today and in previous weeks, Box Hill and South Melbourne, get their chance against the two lowest ranked teams in the competition to really show that they can... This is a test in a way. Absolutely. And, and, And I expect them both to pass it, but it's all well and good beating teams in and around you. But if you can't beat the teams that you should be beating comfortably, then that will kind of make a lot of that hard work redundant.
1: It certainly will. Well Oscar, thank you for joining me here on Radio Dub this week. Good really, vibes. really appreciate it. I've been Piqueur Frimpong, uh, and uh, bye for now. Pikachu lays it off to raise the